And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froelich. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Blake Froling, we've got Kellen Buddy from ABC 10 in studio for the last time. Yep. That hurts. Bittersweet. You haven't been on the show that long, but I feel like it's been long. What, like two months? Something like that. Maybe? Yeah. Two, not, it, it's been way too short. Between one and two months. Yeah. So tell everybody who doesn't know where you're headed next. Okay. Well, I am uh, going to be a news and sports reporter at WILX in Lansing, mm-hmm. Michigan, the great capital of the Great Lakes State. Uh, I'm excited, but uh, I really am going to mess it up here. I've met some incredible people. And uh, I've I've enjoyed my experience here up here, you know, breaking into the broadcasting business and, and, and you know, like I said, meeting some great people and, and doing some fun things. You were uh, you were only here for what a year now? What did it be? About eleven months. Eleven months. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorite UP memories? My favorite UP memories. Well, I tried luging. Really? Uh, How luge. Go? It was fun. Um, you know, they didn't have the whole track open, so I just went down the straightaway at the end. Mm-hmm. But that was still really fun. Um, I enjoyed going to a lot of NMU hockey games, you know, mm-hmm. covering some of those. Uh, those were really fun. And then just kind of telling everybody's story, uh, I think, was really enjoyable. And just meeting new people and, and, and learning about them and, and the way of life up here in God's country, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you're going to be with another former Uper down there in Lansing as well, right, mm-hmm. Seth? Yep, Seth Wells. I'm kind of just following in his footsteps. Man, the UP is a pipeline at Lansing now. I guess you could say that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, So Blake. make sure you make this one count since okay. this is your last one. All right. Make some memories. Hopefully no bad takes. Ugh. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so with talks of baseball, Tigers and Brewers, Victor Martinez has been on a tear since he talked about his retirement do the Brewers – now, this was your idea. Do the Brewers lack the clutch gene? Mm. We'll find out later. We will discuss. We'll talk some Red Wings since you're our Red Wings guy. Uh, how, Hen- how losing Henrik Zetterberg, which isn't confirmed yet, but how it might affect the Red Wings this season and going forward. Uh, also, the over-under point total uh, through Las Vegas Superbook was announced today. So we'll, we'll put it out there, kind of debate what's the better pick, over or under. Uh, college basketball shaking things up with a new metric for determining uh, who makes the uh, field of 68. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. Yeah. <laughs> Once you see see what we're talking about, you'll realize that that's actually a very funny pun. Let's first <laughs> let's first get to the NFL. All right. So last week, when I had Jake on the show, he, uh, I I read parts of the Deadspin article, Why Your Team Sucks, the Green Bay Packers. And it's a parody article, all in good fun. I could tell for a couple of the things he was not really having it. What the youngins like to call triggered. Yes, triggered. So, and I I said on the air, in fairness, when the Lions one comes out, I will read those parts on air as well. Today's the day. Why Your Team Sucks, Detroit Lions edition, has been released. You can go on deadspin.com if you want to read the whole thing. It is very long, uh, and it's all parody. Uh, It includes fan emails talking about why they hate the Lions. (laughs) And you, if you are a Lions fan out there, you will feel like 
people took the thoughts inside your brain and emailed them into this article. It is all of these things are so spot on. If you're a Lions fan, it's hilarious. So I'm going to read a couple of the excerpts, and uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about our favorites, give some reaction to it. You ready? I'm ready. Here's one of them. All Caldwell did was post a winning record in three of four seasons and bring a general air of steadiness to a team that is traditionally in a permanent death spiral. You guys should have been grateful for mediocrity. Mediocre is pretty much as good as you're ever going to get in Detroit. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, there's really no end in sight. I, I think this is the most, I guess, positive that the outlook has been on the Detroit Lions in years. Uh, and... We don't even know what's going to happen. You know, it's still preseason. Um, we were talking a few weeks ago. We don't we don't think any more than six guaranteed wins for the Lions this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going to be another season of mediocrity. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong, and it's better than mediocre. This is the golden age of Lions football, mm-hmm. actually. Besides the the, the first golden sad. age since the 1950s. Yeah, that's. It's really remarkable that the golden age of a football team is when you go nine and seven back to back years with an eleven and five season mixed in there and a seven and nine year. That's mm-hmm. that's the golden years. Yeah. So yeah, mediocrity is nice. It it kind of feels nice, but I have a feeling a lot of Lions fans are getting too comfortable. They would, you know, sometimes it takes a four and twelve year to kind of get you reminded of, of where you came from. Yeah. So don't get too comfy, Lions fans. Okay. Uh, here's another one off topic because the guy who writes this just makes fun of the team, the fan base, the state that the team is located in, things like that. It's uh-huh. just like an all-encompassing no one is safe. So he uh, he turned his attention to the Michigan accent. Uh, he goes, <laughs> quote, the Michigan accent is like a preview of tinnitus. And the worst part is that people from Michigan refuse to acknowledge that they have one. You guys, that is not my accent. Yes, it is. That's what he said. And that this is – I think this is also true. I've heard that out-of-staters think we sound like we have peanut butter on the roof of our mouth. <laughs> I feel like there are varying – it's a spectrum. That's the, only, that's the only analogy I've heard. I've never heard any – Peanut butter. Peanut, peanut. – No, I'm trying to talk – Do you have peanut butter here? No, I don't. I'm sorry. We should have we should have done that. We should have done that. I should have read the article a little more in depth mm-hmm. beforehand. I will say, I have family that's from Canada. Family, and I get mocked incessantly. Do you really for my accent? Yes. Other all they of mock the, you with the accents they have up there. Yes. Oh sure. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sorry. Oh, you got that uh, Michigan accent there, eh? Oh yeah. Eh? That that's and I'm like, are you hearing yourself? Oh no, we don't have no accent. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an accent denier. I know people who deny oh, it. Oh, yeah. You oh. have to be aware. Embrace it. Also, uh, he also went on to say, the Mich- Michigan accent is like a Minnesotan and Canadian got stuck in a teleporter accident. And I found that the UP accent specifically is exactly that. Minnesotan yeah. plus Canadian together. That's what a okay. UP accent is. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I wonder, uh, you know, I'm sure native UPers here know that they have an accent. But I mean, it's like they joke about it all the time. Yes. It's all on shirts and, and mm-hmm. apparel and, and mugs. And That's what you got to do. You have to embrace it. Embrace it. If you did not own it. Yeah. If you don't own it, it's mm-hmm. just a bad look. Yep. So own your accent. I'm OK with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hashtag own your accent. Own your accent. That's let's make that a movement. All right. Let's do uh, it. Here's another clip. 
No highway project in that state will ever be finished. That's correct. Yes. It's, I haven't seen one lie yet so far. Mm-hmm. He came, on, uh, came from the top rope with this. He just kind of slid this one in. Bo Schembechler was overrated. Mm. Oh, you're a Michigan fan. Would you like to respond? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say. Uh, I know this is all in good fun, <laughs> but with every joke, there's a little hint of truth. You're also not wrong. Mm-hmm. But how, how many na- national titles did Bo bring home? Like too many to count. Oh, too many to count. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That one triggered you. I could tell your your facial expression just changed a little bit. Yup. He knows it's a parody, but he can't help himself. I'm thirsty. <laughs> I need to have some water. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the, the lion slander because that's what's really fun. He I'm cooled off. Uh, now we're gonna read. I'm gonna read a couple of the fan submitted emails because okay. they are hilarious. These are fun. Edited because I can't read them all word for word because we'd get an FCC fine. Mm-hmm. Here's the first one. I emigrated from Ukraine to Detroit with my parents in 1991 in order to escape the oppressive, depressing, collapsing empire of the Soviet Union. Then we became Lions fans and felt like we were instantly back in the old country. That's just dep- that, that might be the most depressing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> being a Lions fan is like being in the Soviet Union. <sighs> I can't imagine. I can't counter that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, back in the old country. That's what it like being a Lions fan. The mother the motherland. You know, if you think about it, the Silver Dome would fit in quite nicely in the Soviet Union. You know, mm-hmm. big concrete, ugly structure. Yep. Really so, no color to it. Nope. Mm-hmm. That would fit in nicely. So yeah, I can I can see where they would get that feel. Yeah. Uh next one. Uh this one's pretty dark. I hate the Lions the way a son hates his alcoholic father for never showing up to his Little League games, always promising this time will be better, yet finding new and devastating ways to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> People are get really deep with these I mean, analogies. Like, yeah, I mean, for the last three years we've been saying, or at least my, from my experience, I'm like, this season is going to be good. The Lions yeah. have every piece that they need. To succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, case in point is my dad, when he had Lions season tickets through the 90s, early 2000s in Ford Field, he said he didn't get rid of them because he was afraid that was the year they were going to get good. And they never got good. So eventually he just gave up and they they still didn't get good. So I could see. What Ripped it off like happened. a Band-Aid. Yep. Yep. He went Lions That's good. Free. That, That's good. It's, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it's much healthier now. Good. Uh, here's another one. The Lions managed to sweep the Packers for the first time in over 25 years. Did Aaron Rodgers play in either of those games? No, he did not. Instead, it was just a bunch of pigeons taped together in a Packers uniform. Also not wrong. I'm taking that, though. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll take pigeons in Packers uniforms, beating mm-hmm. them twice. Why not? That's a victory. Yeah. Win's a win. They're not getting into the playoffs with a bunch of pigeons. Nope. Nope, they did That's didn't. fine with me. So I, I'm, I'm marking that up as a sweep. That's a W mm-hmm. right there. So there are plenty more. You can go read the rest of them, but I don't want to depress the rest of the Lions fans out there. Yeah. The best way to combat the depressing nature of being a Lions fan is with humor, and that's why I brought this up. And delicious Thanksgiving meals with your family. Yes, with the Lions game hopefully turned off because it usually doesn't end well. Yep. 
It's just <laughs> don't ruin your Thanksgiving. Who are they playing this year on Thanksgiving? Honestly, couldn't tell you. Is it the Vikings? Should no, we... they played the Vikings last we... year. Is it the? Oh no, isn't it? Is it the Bears? No, it's 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 not a divisional opponent. Oh, I remember that much. That helps. I'm looking it up. Isn't it like the Dolphins? The Bears. Oh, it is the Bears. Yep. Oh the yeah, Bears. no, there was there was a whole there was a whole discussion about um, them playing like the Jets or something. That was on Monday Night Football. Yeah. First game. Yeah, I think there was discussion that they would play some team in like the AFC on Thanksgiving. Hmm. I prefer to play the Bears. I would pre- I would prefer any team in the NFC North. I, I I mean I would prefer the Packers, but sometimes you can't have everything you want. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That'll be they don't they play the Packers like every like other week, year. It's like week five. Yeah. Okay. No, they, they haven't played. They haven't played them on Thanksgiving in a couple of years. Yeah. Was that the one where Damakin Sue stomped on everybody? Was that the last stomped time? Stomped on Rogers. Yeah. Rogers. Didn't he stomp on an offensive lineman too? I think so. I don't think that was on the Packers, though. Was it? Hey, there's too many times to count, really. And then Dominican Sioux. Dominican. Donkey Kong Sioux. Donkey Kong. Yeah. Let's get to some Packers talk. Okay. I'm sure the Packers fans are not really enjoying our babbling. It's your turn, guys. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Jamon Moore talked with reporters the other day and said he has the drops. He's in a funk. Mm-hmm. Not great when you're a wide receiver. No. You uh, don't want to drop the ball when you're a receiver. Especially as a rookie. It's not a wide dropper. It's a wide receiver. Oh. Okay. Do, yeah. you, do you trust that he will break out of this in time to have any kind of impact on the season? I don't know if he'll break out of it, but I can understand. I think the pressure he's going through, obviously, as a rookie, you know you know your chances aren't that high to make the roster at the, you know, at the beginning of the season. But at the same time... It's not going to help if you keep dropping stuff. So I can see it from both from both ends of the spectrum, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a couple quotes. He said, it's kind of been something I've always had. I know I'm dropping it. I know that's not what I do. So I know I have to get out there and get some catches in. Something is not right. I've never had this type of funk where I drop deep balls. I don't do that. I go deep, separate, and I haul it in. So he's aware of it. It's kind of like I think it's kind of like the yips in golf. Yep. Because mm-hmm. if this if he had drops his whole career, he wouldn't have been drafted. Exactly. And obviously the Packers saw potential in him when they did draft him. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll have to see. Yes, and the yips are real. So I can understand why the drops mm-hmm. might be real. Right. It happens to, to in every sport. I mean, kickers just mm-hmm. missing random field goals. They just cannot. There's something that they – some kind of mental block. Everybody has it. Blair Walsh. There you go. Yeah. That was, was Sad. That, was that just him not being good though? I mean, he was a starting kicker. There've been a lot of bad starting kickers, though. Yeah. So, I just guess. saying. And he I mean, Roberto Aguayo had the same thing last go. year for the Bucks. That was the yips. That was the yips. Because he, I mean, he, he was incredible in college, mm-hmm. and then extra points became struggles for him. Yeah. So it it does happen everywhere. Also, Mike McCarthy uh, talked to the press and uh, was talking about Jamal Williams, running back. Had some high, high praise for him, saying that he's poised for a big year. People are going to be talking about him as one of the guys that makes a big second-year leap. Do you see that in his future? I don't doubt it. I mean, Aaron Jones's hot seat just got pretty scorching, if mm-hmm. that's the case. Uh, obviously, he won't be available for the first few games, and 
we keep talking about this, Jamal Williams is going to be one of the front-running candidates for that top running back position. Obviously, they're relying on him to kind of fill that void, and, you know, he's done nothing but good things for them. And I think that speaks a lot to, I guess, how Williams has, I guess, developed in terms of being a piece that the team needs to succeed. I think he's a good running back, and I think he could have a good future. I I just worry about two things, his injury history and the Packers never being a running team. And part of that is because they had never really had consistent running backs since uh, a couple good years of Eddie Lacy. But they've never relied on the run. It's They've always been heavy pass first with an occasional run sprinkled in. So I just don't know if they're going to commit to the run game enough for Jamal Williams to be kind of a breakout star, especially once Aaron Jones comes back. And they're still, for some reason, trying to force Ty Montgomery to become a running back. So I think with all those combined, he might have a better year than last year, but I still don't think he's going to be... In, in terms of the whole NFL, one of the breakout stars. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely not. He, he's not going to be, you know, up up in the up in the the tier of you know Adrian Peterson and, and, and these guys like that. But I, I definitely think he has a chance to prove himself and be one of those guys that the Packers rely on. Now, just got to stay healthy. Yep. It seems like the the line or the the Lions, the Packers running backs. We can talk Lions. Yeah, well, the Lions running backs usually stink, too, so they're probably going to be cursed at some point. Yeah, but the Packers' yeah. backfield every single year seems like just to get, just gets decimated with, with mm-hmm. injuries without fail, no matter who they bring in. It's almost like you don't want to be a Packers running back. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want to play for the Packers at all. No. Play for anybody else. Rather play for the Browns. Ooh. I, I don't know. I would. That's a tough one. I would. They're on the up and up. You know, uh, I, who, someone on that team, I, I think Hugh Jackson said on Hard Knocks that they are going to have the biggest turnaround in sports history that's this what, year. Yeah, that's what he told Des Bryant in their in their meeting. Mm-hmm. What would that entail? What would that look like? What the would they biggest have to do, turnaround? What would they have to do to have the biggest turnaround? Win at least four games. <laughs> Quadruple their win total. That's pretty tough to do. Actually, well, their win total from their last two years. Oh. Because uh, remember, point. four times zero is zero. So they would infinity their win total? Or is that an no, imaginary they would, number? they would just increase their win total by four. But there has it's to basic be. arithmetic here. Yeah, this is... There's no multiplication involved. I think if they have eight wins, that would be the greatest turnaround. If they're fighting for a playoff spot, that would be incredible. Okay. And it's also sad. I just, I just think the standards are just so low for, for Cleveland at the moment. Well, for Cleveland, but, but to be the greatest turnaround in sports history... You got to have more than four wins. That's still not a turnaround. You know what is one of the greatest turnarounds in sports history? What? Going from not even having a team. Is that a turnaround though? To making the Stanley Cup final. That's not a turnaround. No, I know. Because they didn't no. have anything to to no. begin with. Yeah. Great story. Great story. But I don't know. I digress. That was close though. I'm trying to think of any others, like worst to first kind of things. I know UCF football a couple years ago was mm-hmm. like 0-12, yeah. and then they went undefeated. National champions. National champions. That's a pretty pretty good turnaround. Yeah. So if they can go – so does that mean in two to three years the Browns are going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl? <sighs> they might. I'd be all for it. I would root for them hard. I would too. Because that would just give me hope that if the Browns can do it, the Lions can do it. Exactly. God, what if the Browns – Browns-Lions Super Bowl, three years. Mark it down. I'm writing it down. I'm ready for that. I'm going to write it down when I sign the banner. There you go. When we come back, we'll talk <laughs> some baseball. Victor Martinez uh, talked himself 
into a nice little hot streak, and we question if the Brewers have the clutch gene. We'll get to that right after this year on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Blake Froling and Kellen Buddy with you here on Kellen's very last show. R.I.P. Wow, 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 wow. Let's talk some Tigers. Okay. Last week, Victor Martinez said that he was going to probably retire at the end of the season. Bombshell. I know. We we all had to take a minute to I absorb was it. Surprised, yeah. to say the least. The, yeah. Ugh. Unbelievable. But <laughs> since then, he has been rejuvenated. Like he has a weight lifted off his shoulders, hitting 444 with three doubles and three RBIs since he announced he's going to retire. Not bad. He should have done that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he should have. He would have been an all-star. Farewell tour. Probably would have, reti- probably would have gotten traded. Yeah. So uh, I think maybe more players should just announce their retirement and then come back after the, the season but get the benefits of it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I like that. Might as well, right? I like that. Did you see his uh, his bunt single last night? Yes, that's what. Ha- More players should do that. They overshift, like they always do on Victor Martinez. He's what done they had. Before. What they had David Bodie like? Or is it? Is this David? Is it David? It's yeah. David. David Bodie. He was he was playing like deep shortstop. Right. He was the only. Of course, one there. you're going to bunt it down the third baseline. And he's the slowest man alive, and he still beat it out. They didn't even get a throwdown. I will say. I'm very surprised by how fast he ran down that first so baseline. So was I. I was like... He's looking a little slimmer. Well, yeah. It's like he's, he's saying, you know what? Since this is my last year, I'm going to give it my all. He's going to stop coasting, maybe. I think, honestly, that announcement, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. relieved him. I honestly think he's less stressed, less worried about his performance, and he's just there to have fun. That's what he should do. He's on a terrible team that's not going anywhere. Everybody knows he was going to retire anyway. He has nothing left to lose but provide a good example for the, his young teammates just to have fun playing baseball and, and appreciate it. Because, I mean, he's been in the, the league. He debuted in 2002. So he's been in the league for the majority, almost the majority of his life. So yeah. his life is going to completely change after this season. And I think, I think you're right. He maybe realized that after he said it out loud and he's like, you know what? I got to appreciate this. Maybe I should start playing better too. And he has. Yeah. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Been a great guy. I, I that's, think, why, that's why they picked him up. That's right. I, I think people are starting to turn back the other way now in Victor Martinez. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the beginning parts of the season, there were – Upcries, outcries, riots, when he was put in the lineup every single night and not doing anything. But now he's doing something. So, oh, you know, he's a good, solid veteran presence versus we should just cut him right now. It's crazy how quickly things turn. wonder what would happen if, like, Jordan Zimmerman said he was going to retire. A parade? Maybe. You know, he, he pitched pretty well last night, he though. He did. Maybe, maybe he said it, too, secretly to mm. himself at home. Maybe he's like, if I stink tonight, I'm going to retire, but just to himself. And then he didn't stink. He only gave up one run, and it was a home run by Anthony Rizzo where he was basically on all fours as he hit it. It was pretty crazy. That guy's a machine. Yes, he is. That entire team is just incredible to watch. Javi Baez had another uh, swag tag 
as as He's I so just good. created right there. Um, That's a great way to describe it. Watching his on-field, I guess, you know, demeanor when dealing with Wilson Contreras is just it's fun. Yeah, he's he's a fun guy to watch. He's, also, if you didn't know, Javi Baez plays in the MLB. He's got that tattoo on the back of his neck, the MLB logo. He plays in the MLB. He's got the MLB tattoo on his back, mm-hmm. on his neck. Kind of like right where like the logo goes on the jerseys. <laughs> he has that tattoo wow. on the back of his neck. A little unnecessary. Mm-hmm. He just wants everybody to know that he plays in the MLB. Hey, you know what? I wonder what's going to happen if he gets hurt and has to do like a rehab assignment in Iowa. Is he going to get the minor league baseball logo tattooed on him? I don't know. I like that logo though. It's pretty nice. Yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. But different. Yeah. I guess I would kind of do the same thing. I would want everybody to know that I played in the in the MLB. You should get an ESPN tattoo Ooh. on the back of your neck. How about on my face? No. No. <laughs> maybe just an ice cream cone tattoo. <laughs> an ice cream like cone. Like Gucci Mane. Yeah. What is uh what does Post Malone have all over his face? I have no idea. Maybe I should get but one. But the those. whole world is glad he's okay. Right. Thoughts and oh, prayers out to him. Tease and peace. Yeah. That was crazy. Oh. Go look it up online if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm on radio, so face tattoo wouldn't really be that big of a career damager. That's true. Unless you have to make some public appearances or maybe do a little little video segment like what you did with the preseason. I just blur out my face. Okay. I'll 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 be one of those guys who has a persona, so I don't want anybody to see what I look like. Maybe you could wear like a cool mask and have a voice disguiser. Mm, like Darth Vader? Yeah. I just become Darth Vader? Yeah. Then, But then you, no one would also be able to get to see my face tattoos. And what's the point of getting face tattoos if you can't show your face? I don't know. I think you found yourself in a bit of a conundrum. <sighs> this is like a, an infinite loop. We're just going to keep going back, back around. Yeah. Let's talk about the Brewers a little bit. Okay. I have a, I have a big question for you. Yeah. Do they have the clutch gene? No. Oh. Does this mean that you are counting them out of the playoffs? No, because I picked them to be a wild card team. No, I picked them to win the division. I believe. Back on my back on my day of terrible takes. <sighs> that that was a bad one. That was a low point. We're going to stay away from that. Okay. We keep we keep coming back to that. I keep bringing that up. You keep bringing I that keep up. bringing that up, but we're going to stay away from it. I believe I did have the Brewers winning the division. Okay. I still believe they will. Really? But I think it's going to come from a collapse by the Chicago Cubs. Oh, okay. So they have even less of a clutch gene, is what you're saying. Guess we'll have to find out. Hmm. You know, the Cubs have lost three in a row. And, and one to, to the Tigers. Yeah, that's, that should count, too. What a joke. They, they've only scored one run in each of their last four games, I think. I think five now. Five now? Mm-hmm. After last night. And they have... They should, on paper, have one of the best offenses in baseball. Yeah. Just got Daniel Murphy. He'll inject some life into there. Or some... Nope. Or some... What? Nope. Not going to say it? Nope. Okay. I don't even know what you're going to say, but... A lot of, lot, of, lot of people back when, uh, when Murphy was hitting homers for the, for the Nationals, a lot of people were saying Murphy was on steroids. Oh. So inject some steroids. Oh, so you the... went off the injection thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of Cubs fans hate Daniel Murphy because yeah. when he was with the Mets I believe he destroyed them it was the Mets it yes. was the Mets I think he hit That's four my fault. home runs against them mm-hmm. so he was literally the only reason the Cubs did not make the World Series that year yes how would you feel if an arch nemesis for your team from your team joined your team I don't know 
Exactly. I don't know. I mean, it kind of happened in 0809 with the Red Wings with Marion Hossa, Hossa. But I don't think Marion Hossa did enough to where I was like, oh, I hate this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I, I remember being very excited I when, was too. when he decided he was coming to Detroit. You kind of forget about some of the bad things. Yeah. Only focus on I mean, the Todd, Todd Bertuzzi came to the Red Wings. Chris Chelios. Chris Chelios. I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to, to hate right. Chris Chelios. Yeah. I honestly, uh, it, until a few years ago, you know, like five or six years ago, I didn't know Chelios played for another team. Really? Mm-hmm. And you're the hockey guy. Mm-hmm. I even knew that. Uh. I didn't know it at the time. But I knew it later on. Yeah, when I was old enough to realize, it things. took me a while. Yeah, interesting. Was it shocking to you when you found that out? No, no. It was just kind of like, oh, just disappointing. Yeah, that stinks. I'm trying to think of who it would be in baseball, a guy that has been an arch nemesis for the Tigers. Mm. I was gonna say like that whole Barry Bonds thing, not Barry Bonds. Barry Babe, Bonds. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking was, about? You know, that, that, Pablo Sandoval? Were you talking about him? No. No, I was talking about Babe Ruth when he got traded. That's a, that's a throwback. It was a very big throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who for the Tigers? If Nelson Cruz Ooh, that's a big one. was traded to the Tigers. I would, I would support him. It, I would support him, too. It's kind of like the same exact thing, you know. When the when the Tigers were having a tough time against the Rangers in the 2011, divi- in the, uh, was it? It wasn't the divisional series. ALCS. ALCS. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, he crushed the Tigers. So did you know who was one guy that sticks out from there? Neftali Feliz. Oh yeah, who was their closer? Mm-hmm. Killed the Tigers. Then he came to the Tigers and was horrible. Mm-hmm. So it's like he he did them dirty twice. Yeah. From within and then from within the outside. Would you say that? You Darvish and the Cubs, kind of the same thing. Mm. Or did you have a big? Did he have a big enough impact? I don't last think, year in the postseason. I don't think he had a big enough impact. No, but I can see why he was borderline, and then not being able to play pretty much all year, and mm-hmm. being bad when he was out there magnifies things. I don't think he has very many fans in Chicago right now, and what I feel kind of bad. How do you think? How do you think Daniel Murphy's going to do? I think. I mean, he's not going to number be, one. Is he going to get even a decent amount of playing time? That's the question. He's a second baseman. You yeah. just mentioned the swag tag of Javi Baez. He plays kind of all over the infield. Yeah. Ben Zobris plays all over the infield. Mm-hmm. I mean, Addison Russell. Where Has they? he been hurt? I don't. Daniel Murphy? No, Addison Russell. Uh, I'm not a Cubs fan. I don't know. Okay. You're asking me too many tough questions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was not prepared for this. That's okay. But they basically just got him for depth because Murphy's been hurt this year, too. He's only played in like 50 or 60 games. Yeah. So it's not like you can just come in and expect him to rake. Yeah. You know, this is not 2015 uh, Daniel Murphy for the Mets. This is a completely different guy. So I right. think he'll help give another bench piece, but I don't think he's going to be the savior of this team. Anyway, the Brewers do lack the clutch gene. Yes, they do. <laughs> that was a winding conversation. We strayed, we strayed away, but hey, we're, we're kind of on point. Yep. I think our discussion was, was good. You know who really lacks the clutch gene? Who's that, Blake? Jonathan Scope. Oh. He is absolutely terrible for the Brewers. So bad. Sad. He was the one who was traded from Baltimore, was supposed to be this savior to finally give him some hitting in the middle infield, right? 
and he has not done anything. He's hitting 173 with the Brewers since he was traded. Yikes. Minus .7 wins above replacement. Which is hard Double to do. Yikes. Yeah. Which is hard to do in such a short time. Especially when you're with a team who is at the top of the division sometimes. Yeah. So he is definitely lacking the clutch gene. It's tough for some players to go from a team that's really bad with no expectations to all of a sudden being in the middle of the pennant race. Mm-hmm. It's not a given. The Tigers have had that happen to, to a lot of their uh, trades at the deadline in years past. Yeah. This is no different. Yeah. He severely lacks the clutch gene, mm-hmm. I would say. I would... I wouldn't go as far to say he's a choker yet, because yeah, he no, 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 no. There's yeah, there's 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 a scale. You mm-hmm. know, there's being clutch, there's lacking the clutch gene, and then there's choking. Right. You can get the clutch gene eventually, but they just don't have it right now mm-hmm. because they've been so inconsistent. I think, I think. What yeah. See, think? this is this is tough because this kind of goes against everything we're saying. I think if you have the clutch gene, you know. Maybe you're coming from behind and winning. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it, if you're choking... Oh, no. If you, if you lack the clutch... Okay, I'm going to start over. If you okay. lack, if you, sorry. If you lack the clutch gene, that means you, know, you have a chance to make it big or come from behind or something, and you don't. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to take a big step and succeed, and you don't. Kind of like how the Lions fared at the end of the regular season last year. That is the biggest example of not having the clutch gene. They lack the clutch gene hard. But I think if you're choking, I think it's a little bit different. If you're choking, you're starting out having one of the best chances to win out of any other team or individual or something, and then giving that away is choking. So I think think lacking the clutch gene and choking kind of start on two different ends of the spectrum, which is why I'm now counter-arguing everything I'm saying about the Brewers lacking the clutch gene. Because at the All-Star break, they had the division lead. So you're saying they're chokers? I don't, I don't know. See, that's tough. I think, I think we can't make a – maybe they, we can't make a full – I got a pretzel in my head. Yeah, this is, this is messing me up. I thought this was going to be a simple conversation. Yeah. We're going We're, Matrix now. Yeah, multiple wormholes. Well, the season isn't over yet, so that's I would correct. say it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. They have a chance – to earn the clutch gene by coming back after choking, but they also have a chance to be called chokers if they not only lose the division but also lose the wild card. If if they there you go. If they lose the division and win the wild card, they don't have the clutch gene, but they're not chokers. If they lose both, they are chokers. Okay, that's I think that's a fair compromise. Okay, and if they win the division, they have the clutch gene. Okay. So I, I think we came to a fair. Hey, that was a consensus. that was a clutch save to this discussion. That's why they pay me the big bucks, Kellen. When we come back, I'm we'll, proud of you. We'll, we'll get in your wheelhouse a little bit more. Okay. So maybe you you can untie your brain a okay. little bit, talk some Red Wings and in their future, maybe with or without Henrik Zetterberg. Stick with us on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froelich. Winding our way through a Wednesday. Blake Froelich and Kellen Buddy with you here on the sports pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. Let's talk some wings. Seems like pretty much every time we talk about the wings or anybody talks about them, it has to do somehow with Henrik Zetterberg. Yep. His future is uncertain. Mm -hmm. We're still waiting to hear anything, but we have to look ahead anyway. Because we just don't know. 
and we can't just wait. We need we need to, to figure something out. Yeah. So there are a couple questions that come with Henrik Zetterberg leaving. Maybe the the biggest one is who takes over as the Red Wings captain. And a lot of the speculation has been Dylan Larkin. Do you think he is ready for that if Henrik Zetterberg were to retire? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been kind of taking a sort of leadership role on on and off the ice. You may not see it, but I think sometimes that's what makes a good leader. Uh, he's definitely been one of the harder workers on this team since he's joined them. Um and I think that's part of what makes a good leader is, you know, working hard and setting that good example for everybody else. Um, I think being a kid from Michigan helps, you know, being familiar with the team and, and the history of, you know, the, the royalty, I guess you could say, of, of the captaincy of the Detroit Red Wings team history. You know, you got Steve Eiserman, Nick Lidstrom, and now Henrik Zetterberg, three captains in the last 30 years. So this team has some high expectations for a new captain, and that's not going to be easy to fulfill, but I definitely think Dylan Larkin's the man for that. See, I think because of the history of the Red Wings captains, I think eventually Dylan Larkin will be the guy. I just think at 22, I question if he's fully ready. Steve Eisenman yeah. was named captain at 21. Hmm. Well, you kind of blew that apart. With Steve, but are we 100% sure that Dylan Larkin is on the the level of Steve Eisenman? Maybe not guaranteed as good, but no, 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 no. Steve Eisenman was more of a generational talent. I mean, he turned that team around back in the mid '80s when they were called the Dead Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, he no, he turned that team around. You know, drastically. You know, Larkin hasn't done that. He's not the generational talent like the Connor McDavid's or the Sidney Crosby's or any other players like that. But he's definitely one of the harder workers. He's, I guess, in his time with Detroit, he's learned to be more of a team player uh, instead of the younger guys. You know, I got to take it end to end and shoot it. You know, Larkin's more of a playmaker now. You know, he's not scoring as much because he's focused on making the right play and making sure that they do get those pucks to the net and, you know, maybe get a good bounce and it goes in. But I definitely think Larkin's aspect of focusing more on the team instead of himself is something that makes him a bona fide candidate for the new captaincy. I think it would kind of be a signal of a new era in mm-hmm. Detroit, kind of another step in ushering in the rebuild by handing the keys over to a young guy. And because of that, that's why I question if the Red Wings are going to do it. Because they seem so hesitant to let go of the past and let go of everything, all of that, the mediocrity of the past couple of years, and just embrace bottoming out so you can return back to prominence. So that's that's the only reason I have some reservation of just anointing him as the next captain. Absolutely. I mean, that makes complete sense. Obviously, they have not accepted the fact that they're in a rebuild until very recently. You know, it, it took until, you know, maybe the deadline this year, the trade deadline to, mm-hmm. for Ken Holland to realize, oh, yeah, we need to start unload, unloading some of these big pieces. Probably should. Yeah. And then just try to reverse course in free agency. Yep. It's kind of sad. Can Every- I give you a couple of dark horse candidates and you tell me how crazy I might be? You can. Okay. Number one, Jimmy Howard. Nine years with the team. I'm just looking for guys who have been with the team a long okay. time. I was not expecting Jimmy Howard. I'm just randomly throwing out say. a guy. Cause, okay. Well, because I thought, well, if I don't think Jim, if, if I'm not 100% convinced Dylan Larkin is the guy, I've got to come up with someone else. Can you, 
Are you allowed to not have a captain? I yes. Feel, you, okay, you, can so have, you can have multiple assistants. Okay. I feel like that might be a better route than mm. at least just for this year. I don't, I'm just not 100% sure if Larkin is ready for all of this yet. Yeah, there have been some talks that they would do you know, a few assistant captains or all captains because Ooh, all uh, captains. a lot of people were thinking that giving the C to Larkin right off the bat would be disrespectful to Zetterberg. Okay. But I disagree because Zetterberg has always had the best interest of the young players on the team. What about a guy who I think is an assistant captain? Is Justin Abdelkader? He is. Would he be a guy he that is. you would consider? Uh, I don't think so. Um, not good enough? Not not good. Uh, well, you don't necessarily have to be good enough. It helps if you're one of the high scorers on the team. But I think Justin Abdelkader lacks a bit of discipline. Okay. And you need discipline as a captain. You know, on one hand, when the Red Wings brought in Scotty Bowman, he kind of changed Iserman's look on the game. Instead of being more of a player, he was kind of more of an all-around team guy. Um, you know, getting in more scraps, you know, vouching for your team more instead of just trying to put the puck in the back of the net. But with Ablocator, what was it? It was either last year or two years ago he was hurt for a month or two, comes back, very first shift on the ice, gets a penalty for interference or something stupid like that. Good start. Great start. <laughs> so, no. So, he's, he's out in your mind. I can see why people would consider him being the captain, but I just don't think he has the leadership skills okay. that they're looking for in Detroit. Is there anybody else that you would consider as a possible candidate? Maybe Cronwall. I thought that too. Just because... Maybe as an interim captain, because interim he's probably captain. going to retire very soon. Yeah, he, he mentioned this might be his last year. Um, he's done so much for, for that Red Wings team. I mean, he was the glue on their back end for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think he really stepped into that bright spotlight when both, you know, Nick Lidstrom and Brian Rafalski left. So I think he would be deserving of it. I, I think he would be more deserving of the C than Abdelkader would be. Okay. But I definitely think if Larkin is not the captain in the next two or three years, then there's something screwy going on up there in the front office. Yeah, I think for sure by next offseason, Larkin will be the guy. So summer 2019? Yes, I think that's a guarantee. Could even happen if Zetterberg retires now, but I just think it's not a 100% not a done deal. And I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed or upset if he did get it right away. I've just questioned if he's 100% ready for it yet. Absolutely. That, Would, that's a completely fair question. And, how, I, and I know he has respected the players in the locker room, but would it feel a little weird for those veterans in that locker room to have a 22-year-old as the captain? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, it, like I mentioned before, it happened in Detroit back in the mid-'80s. It happened in Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby. It happened in Edmonton with Connor McDavid. And it also happened in Colorado with Gabe Landeskog. Gabe Landeskog at one point was the youngest captain in NHL history. Mm. So I think, honestly, the entire league is shifting towards maybe a, a little younger um, view of things. Okay. And I think more and more teams are starting to embrace that. And I don't, I don't see why Detroit wouldn't do it, okay. to be completely honest. All right. So he's the new captain. You're anointing him. I'm anointing him unofficially. What are the odds that 
Henrik Zetterberg actually comes back? I think at this point they're 50-50. The optimistic side of me isn't going to say that there's more of a chance that he doesn't return because I think in all reality he probably won't. Mm -hmm. I I think it's less than 50-50 right now just based on kind of what's been said from Ken Holland and his Mm -hmm. agent regarding his recovery. Mm -hmm. I think it's 30-70 right now. 30-70. If I had to put a number on it. So who, and this this might sound weird, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but who would benefit the most, or who are a couple players that would benefit the most, maybe in terms of ice time or increased production, if you were to retire? Definitely Philip Zadina. Right now, if everybody comes back healthy, Philip Zadina is not making the opening night roster. There's no room. There's no room. There's no cap space. I think Michael Rasmussen would benefit as well. He's a natural center. He's been playing on the wing. He was drafted as a wing. There's a chance if Zetterberg doesn't come back, they'll slot Michael Rasmussen into the number two center slot. Number two straight off the bat. Oh, yeah. He's that ready. I think he is. Wow. I was expecting three he's or got four. A, he's got a, well, the number three and four would be Darren Helm and Luke Glendening. Yeah, that's true. You don't want either one of those to be your number two. No. <sighs> no was... disrespect to them. No disrespect, but... Let's they, be real. They work. They work hard. They just don't really have it anymore. Mm-hmm. The replacement level, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Wow. Now that now that you say it like that, though, it's kind of like where else are you going to put them? Move Larkin up to the number one. Heck if I know. Maybe hmm. Philip Hronick on the back end would get some some playing time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I think I think taking Zetterberg off the roster it helps with cap. You know they'll put Save him on six million. They'll dollars. put him on LTIR. You know, it'd save him a ton of money. It'd get him about three million short of the cap. Make a couple of trades. All of a sudden, you're a contender in free agency. All of a sudden, you've got plenty of room to put these young players up in your lineup. So you think that they, this could actually happen, like the way you said, where summer of 2019 could could be where they try to go all in again? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, Zetterberg leaving. I think the only negative benefit the negative only, benefit yep i'm i'm i know i'm messed up I'm messed up the only <laughs> the only bad thing that can come from zetterberg leaving is basically on ice presence i think mm-hmm. um you know having zetterberg match up against some of the top centers in the league is definitely helpful i think larkin is ready for that in terms of um you know physicality and maybe staying with them but I don't know. Like you mentioned, is he ready mentally? Is he ready to be a leader, um, you know, off the ice as well? So we'll have to see. A lot of questions surrounding the Red Wings. A lot of questions. So Las Vegas released the over-under point totals for the NHL Mm -hmm. through Las Vegas Superbook. The Red Wings over-under is 75.5, and they had 73 last year. You going over or under? This is tough. This is very tough. I think it's going to be a push. You can't be a push. It's a half it's a half. point. It's half. Never mind. <laughs> God. Kellen. This four. <laughs> You're just. Co- Are you just coasting? I'm, Even listening to anything I'm saying? No, I'm listening to music. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Over. Okay. Over. I think um, if the Red Wings play their cards right get the right guys they need into the lineup up at forward. 
they can definitely score more goals. I think defense, obviously, is going to be an issue. I think they would score more and give up more. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games, but I, th- I think there's a very solid chance that the Red Wings are fighting for a wild-card spot this year. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's a bad thing. Especially it's not what we want. It. It's exactly what we've been dealing with with Detroit sports recently. Mediocrity. Yeah, I'd rather be bad than mediocre mm-hmm. at this point. It's like, would you rather have the Pistons get the eight seed in the East this year? Yes. You would. Well, that see, they're different because they actually went all in already with Blake Griffin. So they're kind of in a different spot. Whereas if they were... If they were, they had the roster of a tanking team and then just added one meh guy, then it would not be good. But I think there okay. is actually more potential for the Pistons this year than the Red Wings. Okay. I feel like the te- if you compared, it's impossible to compare talent level, but if you could, I think the Pistons have slightly more established okay. talent, whereas the Red Wings have more potential to have talent in the future okay which is why they need to tank and get ready so they can help out that potential talent by adding more potential talent okay if that makes any it does oh it does it does yeah no i i think it'll be over but i don't think that would help at all how about you what do you think i'm going under okay i think in the first couple months of the season they will be on pace to go over Mm -hmm. and then whether it's injuries or the trade deadline comes and they move a couple of veterans, bring in more of the youth, I think for the second half of the season, that's when we're going to see a little dip and they're going to get just under it. Okay. So starting on pace for that, and, and they're going to get people excited too who are like, oh my gosh, they can make the playoffs, and then it's just going to nosedive. Do you think Zetterberg staying or leaving is going to have an impact on that line? If he stays, I would take the over. Because I think it's going to be close either way. Yeah. So him staying would push it over. Him going would push it under for me. That's how close it is. Yeah. And I think he has that big of an impact. He does. Which is why I I kind of of want him to retire so that you can get that under. It would stink if he did retire. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end, it would serve the team better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Our final segment, we'll talk some college basketball. Get to know net. That's going to be the buzzword you're going to hear all this season. We're going to tell you what it means. Length. Length. Is that the next one? No. Okay. (laughs) Net. Right after this year on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. We've got a couple minutes left here on your Wednesday afternoon. Blake Froling. Kettle, Kellen Buddy with you here. Kettle? Kettle Kettle Buddy. Yeah. You finally messed up. (laughs) My last segment on the show, you messed up. I'm sorry. (laughs) Didn't someone call you Kendall for a long time? Probably. Probably. You probably get that a lot, don't you? Messing up your name? People spell my name wrong all the time. K-E-L-A-N? No, K-E-L-L-E-N. Oh, I could see that. Even when I put my name in the email. And my name is in the email address. Awkward. Tell me about it. So this is your final segment on your final show. How are your emotions right now? Bittersweet. They should just be bitter because you're leaving. Bitter. There you go. That's the right answer. I'm going to go home and cry. Good. I hope you do. 
Thanks. Because that's how important this show is to your life. Yeah. Let's finish it up with some net. Net. <laughs> that's going to be the buzzword in college basketball. <laughs> net. That's a net, by the way. He's yeah. making a shooting motion. A swish. That, that doesn't really translate. You probably don't get many swishes in your real life. No. No, no, no. Mostly bricks. That's what I thought. Mostly bricks and air balls. So, let's, let's educate the people about net. Net. So, have you, have you heard the term RPI? I have. That was what was Great used. College. Matt Patricia went there. Oh, that's right. So, there's, <laughs> there's another term. RPI uh, was used to kind of, as a ratings index, to judge college basketball teams for the selection committee and it's outdated people hated it they came up with their own there's espn's bpi there's ken palm there's kpi all these different acronyms don't forget the quadrants the quadrants i'm just hoping i'm just hoping that net makes everything simpler because i have never really gotten a full grasp on college basketball rankings it's very difficult because the way they quantify the rankings has been very murky as in, as is in like the what goes into it how much is what's important what's not so net is going to try to solve that i think the analytics have just been far too advanced yes maybe that's our fault though we just need to understand it more yeah we can try that so net stands for ncaa evaluation tool it relies on game results strength of schedule game location scoring margin Net offensive and defensive efficiency, and the quality of wins and losses. That's perfect. I Honest, think honestly, it's hit all of the points. How do how do they exactly exactly? Oh my gosh, exactly calculate offensive and defensive efficiencies? Do you know? Uh, net rating. So it's basically points per one hundred possessions. Okay. I I believe okay. that's how they would do it. That seems simple enough. Yeah, and and, okay. and it adjusts it for pace. Is that's why they do per 100 possessions. Can't forget about pace. Can't forget about pace. Because some teams play really slow, like Virginia. Yeah. So they're not going to have as many possessions as another team. So one team might give up more points per game, but fewer points per possession than another team. Got it. Because they just don't play as many possessions, not as many opportunities to give up points. Okay. So that's why I have the net ratings. Okay. Uh, So net is supposed to kind of encompass everything and be used in addition Two quadrants, uh, and BPI. They're gonna take. They're basically saying we're gonna make this new metric called net, and we're gonna also look at everybody else's metrics, and we're gonna put that all together to figure out who makes the tournament. Okay. And they did like a mock version where they used last year's tournament games, correct? Yes. Okay. They didn't say how it turned out. No, though. they didn't. That's what, <laughs> see, that's what I would like to know. Yeah. How it would differ. Who, what would the seeds be if they had used net last year? I agree. They should have released that. Mm-hmm. And then we could understand it. That'd be huge. That would have been huge. So is this a good idea? Is this, is this something like that you're it. behind? I like it. I agree. I think RPI Something would... the NCAA is doing good for once. Well, they did say, this one I don't really agree with. They said score margin will be limited to 10 points to prevent teams from running up the score. But my thing is... I don't really ever see teams running up the score no. in games. I mean, you see some blowouts, but it's not like you yeah, can... only in they like usually, preseason. Right. They put in their bench players. No, one, I've never seen a major team keep their starters in in the second half just to run up the score so that they can help their RPI. So I don't think this really does anything. Selfish. Very selfish. So I like this idea, though. I, I'm, I, can get, I can get behind it. 
Cool. We're also going to have Charles Belt and Bill Saul from NMU Men's Basketball come in tomorrow because they're going to make a very big road trip this season. They're going to talk about it tomorrow. Whoa. So you better stay tuned. Just listen to ESPN UP all the way around the clock. Don't back even to tomorrow at four. Don't even turn off the dial. Don't turn it off because you might miss it, you and you don't want to miss it. No, you're not going to want to miss it. Kellen, any last words before you go? It's been a pleasure. It's been really fun. I'm gonna miss you, man. I miss you too, Blake. Ah, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <coughs> oh. Do you want to? Do you want to send us out? Do you remember what I say after every show? You're listening to the Sports Pen on WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. Close enough.